0: Welcome to Junior L's and Now What, UQQ, Part 5, Episode 207, or Ultimate Questions Quest, Part 5. This is Part 5 of the Ultimate Questions Quest series, from the meaning of life, to joy, to Christ, to faith, to witness, and now, to the heart. Ultimate Question Number 15, what does it mean to have a change of heart? Previously, we have talked about how each person must choose for themselves to believe in something or not. I would pose that this choice consists of a change of heart. As we are seeking for this ultimate question, the answer, the source of answers, and how to obtain, we must all realize that change is inevitable. Not only is change a constant and therefore unavoidable, but as none of us is perfect, we would want to change in a way to lead to a more meaningful and ideally joyful version of ourselves. This includes the changes we make each time we change when we choose to believe or not believe in something. This change of heart This is where it gets hard philosophically. The world as a whole has vast differences on what the heart is and in turn what it represents. Is it just a muscle? Is it the core of our being, our soul? Is it something else entirely? To keep things simple, I will continue this conversation with the assumption that the heart is more akin to the core of our being or our soul. To that end, when we have a change of heart, it is not just a belief change, a change in knowledge, wisdom, or understanding. It is very literally a change to our very being. We are quite literally becoming a new being with each change. Sounds grand, and I would go so far as to say it is. Each change has a ripple effect throughout us. An example let me share some knowledge one of my favorite topics to study and i've discussed this in previous podcasts is the solar system in school we were taught that the center of our solar system is the sun and from there is the various planets mercury venus earth mars the asteroid belt jupiter saturn etc On through Pluto, which was a planet then demoted and etc. And the rest is history. One of the things that we all have taken for granted in those lessons is that the sun is the center. We view it as something like a pin where it sits there and everything else just simply spins around it as if it is this grand orb that controls everything around it it is grand and it is for all intents and purposes an orb and it does largely control everything around it but let me share something with you you may not know there is a term this term is called the barycenter the barycenter is basically the center point between where two objects orbit for example the outlying what once was a planet but is no longer pluto has a moon or a twin moon or a sister moon however you want to define it called charon this moon and pluto don't actually orbit one or the other meaning charon doesn't actually orbit pluto and pluto does not orbit charon they both orbit a point between the two of them like they're spinning around it they are what they refer to as tidally locked with each other. This is because of a variety of factors, one of which is their masses are almost exactly the same. Another example is actually our very Earth, the planet we live on, and our moon. Our moon is so large in mass that it actually causes that barycenter between the earth and the moon to not be the center of the earth. It is actually a point slightly off the center, which causes a few things to happen. One is the earth wobbles. Another is the moon is slowly pulling away from the earth. And another is is the orbit or the spin of the earth on its axis is slowing down granted it is ever so slow it is like a a nano of a nano of a nanosecond every year or some such now with all that being said the two most massive objects in our solar system and i mean that quite literally the objects with the greatest mass are the sun and jupiter Jupiter is so massive that it actually affects the sun, meaning that the point where the sun and Jupiter orbit is not the center of the sun. In fact, it isn't anywhere within the boundaries of the sun itself. It is actually a point outside of the sun. Which causes the entire solar system, if you think about it from that standpoint, to wobble in a really crazy, I hate to say erratic, because it is still mathematically predictable, but it is a very crazy way. So, I have just taught you something that you can choose to believe or not. If you choose to accept this, it will have a ripple effect on other things you believe. It may even change how you view all of the knowledge you have taken for granted from the time that you were in grade school. And this quote unquote change of heart will continue the evolution of the core of you. The same is true if you choose to reject it as this is also a change of heart resulting in rejecting new information and how that impacts you. Recall the yin-yang I spoke of that comes back to temporary versus eternal. Very binary, but I like it that simple. Our changes of our heart should, I feel, lead to the eternal, not the temporary. What could help? Well, I'll share and it will be up to you to choose to believe it or not. If the heart is our soul's core, something of spirit would have the greatest means of communicating to it and changing it if necessary. To be blunt, the Holy Ghost, God's messenger, the comforter, the dove of Christ's baptism, and many other names, but he is the same in each situation. To illustrate this scripturally, and in a few quotes, one comes from the Bible, the New Testament, the book of John, uh, chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. One of the abilities of the Holy Ghost. The next one is also in the Bible, the New Testament, also the book of John, chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The next one is from a talk, a talk given by James J. Hamula in December of 2016. The talk is entitled, The Divine Power of Grace. In this regard, Elder Parley P. Pratt of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles taught the following, The gift of the Holy Ghost quickens all the intellectual faculties, increases, enlarges, expands, and purifies all the natural passions and affections, and adapts them by the gift of wisdom to their lawful use. It inspires, develops, cultivates, and matures all the fine-toned sympathies, joys, tastes, kindred feelings, and affections of our nature. It inspires virtue, kindness, goodness, tenderness, gentleness, and charity. It develops beauty of person, form, and features. It tends to health, vigor, animation, and social feeling. It invigorates all the faculties of the physical and intellectual man. It strengthens and gives tone to the nerves. In short, it is, as it were, marrow to the bone, joy to the heart, light to the eyes, music to the ears, and life to the whole being. I'm not going to try to summarize that. It's got so much content. Uh, Either re-listen to it or find the talk and read it yourself. It's kind of amazing. The final one comes from a book called teachings of the prophets this one is the teachings of the prophets from ezra taft benson chapter 5 principles of true repentance and this is what it says when we have undergone this mighty change which is brought about only through faith in jesus christ and through the operation of the spirit upon us it is as though we have become a new person thus the change is likened to a new birth Thousands of you have experienced this change. You have forsaken lives of sin, sometimes deep and offensive sin, and through applying the blood of Christ in your lives have become clean. You have no more disposition to return to your old ways. You are in reality a new person. This is what it meant is meant by a change of heart. This isn't something seen or can be proven. It does require faith, yet faith in something with potential eternal consequences like eternal joy tied to it. Once again, I cannot prove in the Holy Ghost's existence or even the change of heart. I used to use the Dark Ages as a quote-unquote proof of his influence as little to no progress was made during the Dark Ages. He wasn't there much to offer Christ uh, after Christ's apostles were killed. So the eternal heart touching changing didn't happen much and the limited adversary changes happened more and growth nearly stopped. Yet this is more of a witness. I can witness that the Holy Ghost is real and has touched my heart, changed my heart and witnessed to me many things that I may not otherwise have believed Because I couldn't, quote unquote, see them. Things like Christ being the Son of God. This limited mortality isn't the whole of our existence. It also witnessed to me that there is a better way through Christ. This better way leads to the next ultimate question. Question number four What is the atonement? I will end with what changes your heart? What direction do you want these changes to take you? And I end with the immortal words from my youngest son, Superman. Smile, be happy, and remember that you're worth it. Thank you for listening.